This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Healthcare coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans is like an extra set of pads when you need them the most. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947 with Amy Wells. I'm Mike Keith. Amy, we're playing football in six days. Mike, are you so excited? I'm so excited. And because I'm so excited, we brought together the remainder of our Titans radio broadcast team, at least the on-air portion, with respect to Philip Noel and Brad Willis, who are vitally important. Yes. And we love them. They're not here right now. Yeah. So it's Coach Dave McGinnis and Rhett Bryan, the four of us together. It's been a while. It has been, but it's good to be together. Now, and that's when I know football's real, because we're all together, and I absolutely love it. We've all enjoyed watching practice together and now to have us in here broadcasting i mean it's football season happy birthday coach mac that's very kind Yay. of you yes sir everybody's been so kind and thank you to all of our uh, ot people that have that have hit me up and all the titans fans i mean it's very it's very kind of you i mean it's nice uh i don't deserve any of it the best thing i found out was that mike your daughter abby her birthday's today too her birthday so, is today as well two really cool people born on august 7th i like that i will always say the thing that i remember there are a lot of things i obviously remember about her being born but she was born on a sunday august 7th and then it was four days later that i watched peyton manning practice for the first time as a freshman at the university of tennessee so there was a lot that went on that week. There's a lot that happened. Significant personally and professionally in that way. And tonight, Peyton Manning goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Gold uh, jacket poetry. It's a, it's, it's a small circle, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, to have had a chance to have covered his recruitment and then to have watched him play college ball, and then obviously we competed against him for several years. He was the enemy. It's good. You know, it's It's good to see this happen for him, and I know a lot of people – really all over the country, but in particular Tennessee and the South, are proud of him. And what a choice to have Archie Manning as the one to induct him. Oh, I mean, you know, the whole Manning family, I mean, that is football personified. And you know what was very neat to me in watching the, the, the first the Hall of Fame game was just you could tell the respect that, like, Troy Aikman had when Peyton was up there in the booth with him. I mean, he's, uh, Peyton Manning is, personifies what a professional is. And he also personifies what is really good and neat about the National Football League. He's a true Hall of Famer. And to have his dad, and Peyton Manning could have had any number of people, but to have his dad, that family is so deeply connected with football, but it's also, they're also really cool people. You wonder, too, when I think about Archie and how talented Archie was, and Archie was a really good pro quarterback for the Saints and later for the Oilers, what if he had been drafted by a good team? What if he had gone to the Dallas Cowboys or the Pittsburgh Steelers or a franchise like that, Rhett? I think there's a pretty good chance he's a Hall of Famer. He's probably a world champion and a Hall of Famer. Yeah. They usually go hand in hand. And then while we're talking about the lineage of the Manning family, we think about the most anticipated recruit probably since Peyton and Eli, young Arch Manning, Coming up through the ranks, and it's that crazy. is a, a name that everyone in the world will be watching here very, very soon. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, back to back to Archie. I mean, a very good friend of mine who I coached with in Chicago, Danny Abramowitz, mm -hmm. who was Archie Manning's main target, you know, all of those years down there. 
He, uh, uh, Danny played at Xavier U. He's in the Saints Hall of Fame. Uh, we've talked many a times, and then I've talked with, you know, uh, Archie Manning, with Danny Abramowitz. And, and Danny said that, first of all, he said Archie took a tremendous pounding mm-hmm. down there because they just were not good on the last. But he said he always stepped up and answered the bell. And uh, Danny Abramowitz can't say enough about, well, he and Archie were in business together after they got out. Uh, a lot of really cool stories. But you're right, Mike Keith, if he would have been on a team, that would have been established. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Thoughts? Does Abby know that you equate her birth to watching Peyton Manning practice as a freshman for the first time? Like, you didn't watch him win a Super Bowl. You watched him practice. I'm going to answer this for Mike. She knows her dad. Yes. <laughs> yes. She understands that's how that's. She does know. And <laughs> she gets the correlation. But I just think about that, that week because his first practice, he was terrible. He couldn't grip the football. Mm, embarrassing. It was embarrassing. And we we all thought, oh, they just took him because he's Archie Manning's kid. You know, when we saw – because we'd never seen him in person. And by the afternoon practice, he had it figured out. I, I, amazing. I, I mean, he had he, he had figured out something in between the morning and the afternoon where he had it straight. I like it because six degrees of separation, Abby and I are connected to Peyton Manning. You are. How about that? Wow. Like the, the thing about Peyton Manning, too – in a Tiger Woods style fashion, he'd prepared for these moments his whole life. His father uh, is really what, you know, cemented all of that. He was a little kid running around in New Orleans while his dad was quarterback of the Saints. And, you know, j- just how uh, Earl Woods did with young Eldrick. I mean, they were procured and, and, and you know, brought along the whole way for a night like tonight to, him get, to get a gold jacket. The difference with them – and and Tiger, however, with the, the Manning boys, is they were not pushed into football. They were not forced into it. They did it because they loved it. Old brother Cooper was a wide receiver, and Peyton wanted to be a quarterback because Archie was a quarterback because he so admired his dad. His dad is still his idol, period. The other thing, Amy, what about Tom Brady choosing to be there for Peyton tonight? I think that's really nice. That's like a magic bird thing. Or, uh, you know, when the – I mean, that's an amazing statement that Tom Brady would choose to be there. It shows the level of respect that Peyton Manning has league-wide. Right, right. And I think that they're two greats that, yes, that we watch them battle so many times and compete off the field, and there's all those comparisons. But at the end of the day, game recognizes game, you know? Right. And so it's so cool that he's making that effort and is going to be there, and I have a feeling that in a couple years the favor will be returned. I think that's right. Yeah, when in 12 years when Tom Brady goes in <laughs> – because he's right. probably going to play another seven. Right. And you got to wait yeah. five. Played longer than George Blanda. Yeah. He's 44. He's right there. I mean, George Blanda was, what, 46, 47? Is he right? really 44? You know, he's played 45 postseason games. Think about that. Wow. He's wow. played three seasons of postseason. Wow. I'll tell you what. Tom Brady makes me not want to eat bread. I like eating bread, but like that TV, go on the TV 12 diet, it kind of works. Hey, here's the other thing, too, I was thinking about, too, with Tom Brady being there tonight. You're right. Game recognizes game. Tom Brady knows that if he isn't in the right situation and that if Peyton has a little better situation, 
maybe Tommy doesn't have seven rings. Oh, there's no question. I mean, that's that's where I we're mean, at, really. Peyton, Peyton never had Tom Brady's defense. Nope. Right. Ever. Ever. And so if you flip that around, if Tom's having to play against that defense and Peyton is the Patriots quarterback, I think it's a complete yep. flip. Yep. Let me take it back to football a little bit. You know, having been a defensive coach for quite a while in this league and gone against Peyton Manning in the division twice a year and then you know, outside the division, there was no more deadly opponent as a quarterback to adjust a defense to. We actually had one defensive playbook when I was with the Titans and Jim Schwartz was a coordinator for Peyton Manning, wow. separate from anything else that we did. And so that week, the, the, the players knew this is Indy and Peyton Manning week. Take your playbook that you had done and bring out the Indy playbook that, 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 that Jim Schwartz had started putting together and then that we had put together because you had to do things so differently against him. We even at one time, guys, and I've gone against all pretty good quarterbacks, Marino, you know, I mean, all – you know, take it, uh, just take it all, all through Montana. Just start naming them since 1986. I've, you know, I've defended them. What Peyton Manning made you do was he made you think so far ahead and your defense, you could not even twitch and show him a, a different look or he would dice you up, dissect you. This guy to me, and, and the point of what you guys are saying, if he would have had a little more defensive support, Really unstoppable. He probably went seven or eight himself. I think so because it it was just defending him was just I mean you were on the edge of your seat every time and you knew that as soon as he saw a flaw, it was he was gonna he was gonna dice you up. Tremendous competitor, but more than that, he was he prepared so well. It was it was impressive. Is there anybody else in your experience that has? the preparation and the acumen for the game of a Peyton Manning? I think Montana did within that system with Bill Walsh. He, they understood. Peyton understood so well what they were doing. And, and I'll tell you, a big part of Peyton, too, and he would, I would say he would say this. I'm sure he will mention him in his, in, in, in his speech was, was Howard Mudd, mm-hmm. the offensive mm-hmm. line coach, because they did, a, they did a lot of that stuff together. But I think just you know, knowing, going against that group in, 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 at the 49ers, during those years, because the Bears and the 49ers were big rivals for whoever was going to advance, uh, that, that that Bill Walsh system, Montana knew it so perfectly that you couldn't line up wrong against them either. You said something really important there about Howard Mudd, the offensive line coach, but let's talk about Tom Moore. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Clyde Christensen. Let, let's talk about that, that whole group of coaches. And, Amy, you were around some of those guys in the year that you spent in Indianapolis. But here, here's the thing. That's great coaching to say, this is our quarterback. This is what he does. He can handle it. So let's do this. And let's, just like you're saying, there was a separate defense with Jim Schwartz for Peyton Manning. That's good coaching. Instead of saying, by God, we're playing our system and we're just going to do what we do. That's not how you win in pro ball. How you win is say, you know, we got a quarterback who's really smart. So we'll just do what he wants to do. And it was almost like they were collaborators more than they were his coaches. Yeah, they think that's a great point, Mike. And collab- collaboration is a great 
great word for it because when you you know Howard Mudd, God rest his soul. When when you talk to him, and I've you know he he and he and uh, Jim Washburn are very close friends. Mm-hmm. So I've sat many a night on Washburn's back porch with those guys talking about it, and to hear Howard Mudd talk about Peyton Manning, it was a collaboration. We're lucky we've gotten to watch a lot of great ones. Wow, and we're lucky he's retired. Yeah, yeah, Boy, and, 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 I, and I say, and I say this, you know, with all due respect, I didn't feel so lucky those thirty-one years. I was no. defending those people, no, because they were trying to take my lunch money. I mean, you know, you want to talk about someone lucky, Clyde Christensen, who was Peyton Manning's coach forever, went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck decides to hang it out in the middle of a game, and then they. <laughs> In the middle of a game? In the middle of a game, more or less. That's when we found out about it. So it feels like it. But so then he ends up in Tampa with Tom Brady, and now the man's got a Super Bowl ring with Tom Brady. Like, that's pretty great. He's riding pretty well. Yeah. He's doing okay when it comes to uh, having some quarterbacks to work with. That's pretty outstanding. Speaking of coaches, let's move it back to the Titans since we have Dave McGinnis here with Amy Wells and with Rhett Bryan. Let's hit the coach right here on his birthday and get him to give us some thoughts on what he's seen through the first almost two weeks of training camp. Dave McGinnis, what jumps out to you? Well, what jumps out to me is that you can tell that Mike Vrabel and this staff have had a very definite plan for this training camp because they've got players at this in this training camp, both new and that have been here, that are in different stages of their careers. And so when you've got players that are in different stages of their careers, and I think they know they have a good football team, but you have to be able to manage and handle those players differently. So – what has happened is, is there are practices where, and they haven't had a practice yet where everybody has been together because of, of, of load management days and also because the offensive line has been hit with some injuries early and they loaded up on the offensive line to be able, because they're trying to, the offensive line is something that they need to get coalesced together. But what I have seen that has jumped out at me, Mike, is the young players, and I say young players, not only the rookies, but the second-year players that are now getting the full benefit of an off-season and then a training camp, you can see definitive improvement in those guys just in the way they not only carry themselves, but in the way they are executing, especially during team periods, what is going on. I would echo what Coach Mack is saying in the fact that you knew uh, as as good as Mike Vrabel and his staff are at altered schedules and these things, knowing that there's just three preseason games, there's 17 regular season games, and you have players not only on age but coming off of injury that you would see snap counts, load management, whatever you want to call it. And so you're going to see this rotation. Yep, time for him to go in the building. All right, he's coming back out today and, you know, those kinds of things. And you're right. These second-year guys, which the Titans really need to step forward, look like they're prepared to do so. Christian Fulton, uh, really good camp for him so far. Darrington Evans, same thing. Tier Tart is making that step forward. And in talking to Terrell Williams, the defensive line coach today, he goes, the thing about Tier Tart, he didn't even know what he doesn't know yet. There's so much I still have to teach him and that he has to learn. But the fact that he has had a full offseason in person, has gone through the regiments with uh, Frank Perino, the strength and conditioning coach, dropped 4% of his body fat in this thing. He's committed now. He's, he's ready to try to take that next step forward. You guys are talking about the first, the rookies and the second-year players. What about these third-year players who all of a sudden are 
the adults on the field, and they kind of didn't have that year two experience. So they kind of went from rookies to vets very quickly. Guys like the Amani Hookers, the Nate Davises, I mean, A.J. Brown, of course, is a machine. Kari Blassengame even is in that group of guys who are – really stepping into these leadership roles. Jeffrey Simmons is another one who's in his third year, but is really able to assume a bigger role within the group. And also we see them all helping the younger guys kind of find their footing and find their way. So it's awesome to have guys that are still young and fresh and exuberant, but also are able to assume more leadership roles in all aspects of this roster. For the group, am I wrong in saying Amani Hooker is the starting safety beside Kevin Byard? Well, there's no doubt. And, uh, I mean, I've not did, not that I've – all of us really seriously, when we were doing we, – we, everybody knows how in-depth we do the draft with Titans Radio. And we were all Amani Hooker fans just watching tape before he came into the fold because of what he had done at Iowa. So, uh, absolutely. And, and Amy Wells hit it right on the head when she said – and Amani Hooker's a great, a great example – not only football-wise, but what he did in the offseason to reconfigure his body because it, that's what you have to learn to be a professional, too. And so uh, 100%, Mike. One of the longest-tenured coaches in college football, Kirk Ferentz, we talked to him that day after Amani Hooker was drafted. He, he spoke so eloquently and so highly of an Amani Hooker and what he could become. And, and, again, that is a guy taking a step forward, but – that Iowa program has turned out so many pro-ready players. The Titans have one of those. I agree with what everyone else has said. <laughs> I, th- I think it's no question that Amani is in that position, and it's his position to lose, and he's not going to lose it. He's that starter. I have been impressed with the inside linebackers. Jayon Brown, Rashawn Evans look like Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans, but David Long is yes. having a nice camp, and Monty Rice, can, the third-round pick out of Georgia, can play. B.J. Bello, a free agent signee, has been good. I, I I don't know that there are a lot of questions there right now, Coach. Okay, let me just let me say this. And okay, here we go. Supposed to talk about what we see at practice, but I can say this because they trust all of us. To you know, in today's practice, when they were running that, they, they ran a play, a one back power play, and David Long was in the game, which means you're pulling the backside guard, blocking back with the center, and they're bringing. And I said it as soon as and Rhett and I and Amy always watched from the end zone. In we were at the filming boat so that we can watch the film. We're it's like we're watching we're watching the film during practice so that we can see really what's happening. And I said it immediately. David Long stepped up to that guard and dropped a soup bone on him so fast. And I went, you know, and it's hard to get me at practice to go wow. And I went, and Amy and Rhett can both. I went wow. Did you see that? And so I agree with you 100%. And I think I tell you something else that I believe, and nobody has told me this. I just, having watched linebackers for all of my career, John Brown being in there makes a big difference. Because sometimes just all the pieces and the gears just match up pretty good. But I agree with you, Mike Keith. And one of the places where you can immediately see the difference with John Brown back in there, first of all, the confidence level Overall, you can see it take a notch north, but who you can really see it with is the guy that has to have a super important year and a contract year, and that's Rashawn Evans. He makes Rashawn Evans better. Coach Max said it best as we've been watching these two weeks of practice. When, you know, Jayon went out and, and Rashawn had to put that green dot on his helmet, 
he was out of his element. He's not comfortable with that. Those two are tight. They're re- those those are tight guys yep. on and off the field. They are compadres, and you can see they are so excited to be back out there together doing what they do best. I think Jayon and Rashawn, that duo makes everybody on the field better. There's a bit of consistency there. They are a foundational piece together because their skill sets complement so well. And, Rhett, you made a good point about that green dot, and we didn't really talk about it a lot, but being the guy that's getting the voice in your head, you're the one that's orchestrating this defense and making sure that everyone's in their spot. There's a level of inconsistency that's a little jarring when it's multiple people doing it and a lot of people who aren't necessarily comfortable with that position. We saw that green dot kind of bounce from guy to guy to guy last season, and it just throws everything off a little bit. And I think Jayon, that's something that he told me first scared the bejesus out of him. He did not like having that in the beginning, but he got really comfortable with it and he learned how to do it. And so... Coming back into that role, being able to orchestrate that entire defense and make sure that everything is going the way that it's supposed to go, and then he is confident in doing his job, there's a level of confidence that this defense has now that we didn't see, especially in the second half of last season. Yeah, let me, let's me let not get it twisted about the green dot. Uh, it's not that Rashawn can't do it. No. It's just that when it was put on him that quick, it's something really to absorb. And I tell you, one of the greatest linebackers – that the Titans have ever had, that I had the privilege of coaching for a lot of years, Keith Bullock. When we first put the green dot on Keith Bullock, you know, he would he would say, there's too much in my head. And Keith Bullock was a great player. And he understood exactly what we were. So it's something that you have to get acclimated to and get you know, adjusted to. And so during the, the preseason and also during camp, if you're the guy that has it, you get a chance. But to be thrust into it in the middle of a season, when you've got other guys also going uh, uh, you know, down around you, it's another level of responsibility that you just had not prepared for. Rashawn could do it if he had a whole year. But what, what we're all saying is this. It was much smoother. It was much smoother. And on defense, if you make a and, – and this is true. If you make a slow, correct decision as a defensive player in the National Football League, a slow, correct decision, you're wrong. And so it's speed that you have to play with. And to mention, the green dot means that you have the speaker in your helmet and that you are getting the defensive signals. In essence, you at that point are the quarterback on defense. And so that's what Jayon does well. He is challenged by Mike Vrabel more than probably any other player on the team, very directly. And Mike puts that pressure on him, I believe, Coach Mack, very intentionally in order to make him be able to handle anything. Let me say this, and I'm glad you brought that up, and that's, that's very observant, Mike, for this reason. We were watching the other day uh, 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 an individual two-on-two red zone drill with the defensive backs and the receivers. And, and, I, and all of us were standing there, and, I, and, and you could see it, and I said – and. We all, I said, they are putting these defensive backs in the low red zone. They, the offense knows they're playing man-to-man. They are running the hardest two-man route combinations that are man-to-man beaters against them for this reason. Not to make them look bad, but to, make, to, to let them experience and play with their heels on the edge of the cliff the hardest that they could get. Just do it. 
do it, do it, do it. And then once you get in the ball game where you've got middle of field help and you've got everything else, then it becomes easier. And that's your point. Mike Vrabel is going to press these players. And that's what you have to do because basically in the National Football League, you can be as good a, a driving range player as anybody. But until you press them and put them in, in, in stress situations and it's for real when you're playing, you really don't know how they're going to react. And that's exactly what he's doing in a lot of his drills, and that's what he's doing with Jayon. I want to talk about quarterback because the Titans made a move at quarterback this week. They said goodbye to Deshaun Kaiser very quickly. Rhett, we went into camp feeling like he was competing with Logan Woodside for the backup job, and he's out very fast. And yet here's Matt Barkley, a 30, almost 31-year-old quarterback, who started seven games in the NFL, brought in to compete. A, how surprised were you at the move this quickly? And B, thoughts on Barkley in limited work that you've seen so far? I'm not surprised by the move. And and it, the reason I say that, Deshaun Kaiser had his moments in camp, but there weren't enough good moments in camp. Uh, so it does not surprise me that they did make this move. And I don't have enough of a sample size with Matt Barkley to make any evaluation yet. I would like to see more uh, in just six days in Atlanta when he gets a chance to get some more snaps in that type of situation. But, I mean, he does have experience. We know that. He came in a mop-up role that weird Tuesday night in Nashville when he was with the Buffalo Bills last year. But I'm looking forward to kind of seeing where his wheels are turning uh, this coming week in Atlanta. I think that the addition of Matt Barkley is interesting because this continues to be a battle for the number two quarterback of guy who's super, super knowledgeable of the scheme and the system and is very intelligent and knows what to do and guys who have experience in game situations. That seems to be what this is coming down to. And it's going to be interesting to see if all things are equal athletically on the field, which to Rhett's point, we haven't really seen enough of Matt Barkley to really know what he can or can't do. But if all things are equal, which one of those things wins out? Is it the experience or is it the knowledge of the system and really feeling comfortable from a mental standpoint? I vetted Matt Barkley coming out. I've watched him. I've watched him play. And he, he's, he's a legitimate backup in this league. And he's been to a lot of teams. And a lot of times, backup quarterbacks, guys, are a lot like punters and kickers. It doesn't mean they're not good. It just means at the place that they are, and if they're not going to be a starter, they rotate you know, quite a bit. He's, a, he's very capable. There's some things that he can do better than others. But what he always was, what he was at USC, was a really smart quarterback. He understands. He could, he could, under, he could diagnose very quickly. The ball came out of his hands very quickly. And so – to me, and, and Amy brings up a great point. They like Logan Woodside. Mm-hmm. They like him because he's and he has been he has he has survived a lot of people that they've that they've brought in. But they're still John Robinson. We've all talked about this before when we've been together, and and also on John Robinson is constantly chumming the bottom of this roster constantly, and that's what you have to do. Turn to the folks who've been in the game since 1947. Farm Bureau Health Plans offers the great health care coverage you need with a price tag you can afford. How about a game? Oh, man. I, I was love just games. having so much fun. I call this game crazy. Oh, no. That's what I call it. I'm all for it. Notice how I said it. Crazy? I'm all for it's crazy. Every okay. game that Mike keeps right. up. So, this is the order we're going to go in for this question. 
Okay. Coach Mack, Amy Rett. Okay. All right, here's the question. Crazy. Derrick Henry could pass Chris Johnson for third on the Titans' all-time rushing list if he gains 2,136 yards this season. That, of course, would be an NFL record. Crazy? That's crazy because you've got so many weapons now on offense. They've only got one ball. They've only got one ball. They're going to spread it out. Derrick Henry will eventually make break a lot of records. That's kind of crazy. I agree. Remember, 17 games, though. That's kind of crazy. Okay. Nope, still crazy. I agree with Mac. There's too many other people that you want to see get the ball. And also, there are still some questions about the offensive line and what that's going to look like. You've got to have a pretty solid, consistent offensive line to pull something like that off. I say it's not that crazy because he's not going to see as many eight- and nine-man fronts because of the weapons that are spread out all over the place. Now, that's taking into consideration that there is a healthy, upright, and ready-to-go Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Ferkser and whoever else in the mix, I think there is a chance. I think it might be a little crazy, but it's not crazy crazy. Wait a minute. Yes. Rules of this There aren't game. rules to this game. Here's there the were rules. no ga- Crazy or not crazy. Yeah, it's not little crazy. So, yes. Red, red. Okay, it's not crazy. Okay. How about that? Thank you. Well, there were no second rules question, Amy Wells goes first. Ryan Tannehill completed 65.5% of his passes in 2020. He will complete a higher percentage of passes in 2021. Crazy? <sighs> not crazy. I don't think that's crazy. I think he can do that. Not crazy. He absolutely can do that with the weapons that are right there uh, on that field. Not crazy. Just because of Tourette's point in the first one. <laughs> People are going to have to make a choice. And if you do have an eight-man front or if you even have a semi-seven-and-a-half-man front, and you get enough singled up outside and also singled up on Ferkser, there's going to be a lot of passes completed. Mike is having so much fun right now. Third question. He loves this game. <laughs> Who's first? Third question. This Red. is my very favorite question so far. In crazy? <laughs> yes. A.J. Brown and or Julio Jones will break Charlie Hennigan's 1964 record of 101 receptions in a season. Crazy? Crazy. Is it and or is it or? It could be either one. Yeah, he's one or both. Either either player or both. No, it's Max turn. Crazy. Won't happen. Got too many weapons. I'm gonna go with not crazy. Wow. Which one do you think is gonna go over 101? I don't think it'll be both. I think it'll be one of them, and I think it'll be AJ. All right, Coach Mack. Yes, sir. Question four. I love this question, too. Mike is so fired up. <laughs> this is great. He's really happy. Well, he's living his best life. He, he's always wanted to host a game show. Very so much so. It. Brett Kern will punt less than 50 times in 2021. Crazy? <laughs> Not crazy. So you think he could punt less than three times a game? I absolutely do. I think that's kind of crazy. You think he'll punt more than three times a game? I think he will punt more than three times a game. Okay. If these weapons work out like I think they will, it is absolutely not crazy. Can I say something else? I know I'm talking out of turn, but one of the reasons I say that is if this defense is better on third down and they get more chances on offense, not crazy. Not crazy. All right. Amy Wells, question five. Remember, this game is crazy? It's a question mark. I'm about to go crazy. Okay. I'm about to go crazy. (laughs)
Derrick Henry leads the team in scoring for the third year in a row. Now, I'm going to say something here. Derrick Henry has led the team in scoring each of the last two years. Before Derrick Henry did it, the last non-kicker that did it was Lorenzo White in 1990. And before him, it was Earl Campbell. So, normally, a kicker leads the team in scoring. The Titans running back has led the team in scoring. So I'm going to read it one more time. Derrick Henry leads the team in scoring for the third year in a row. Crazy? I think that's a little crazy, again, because of all the weapons. I think it will be spread out more, the scoring. Not crazy at all. Because you think he can score 20 touchdowns. He absolutely can. And I hope that the kicking situation is better. But, yes, he can score 20 touchdowns. Not crazy. And here's the reason. This guy is not just – a lot of times when you're running backs lead, it's because you're getting the ball in the low red zone a lot and you're running it in. This dude's a home run hitter. I mean, how many 99-yard runs have you called from him? Or how many 50 – 12. How many 50-plus? This dude is a home run threat too, which is why he is so unique. But you don't think that all of the receivers that we have and all of the everything else is going to perhaps take away from some of the opportunities or the necessity for him to be running the ball in so much? First of all, Amy, this is not an argumentative I wasn't arguing. I, I, I was hey, just he, asking. I'm going to come in right behind Coach Mack with this. Also, the rules he said lead the team in, He said lead the team in scoring. And Coach Mack's right. Derrick Henry has six runs of 40-plus yards in his career already. He has two receptions of over 40 yards in his career already, and one of those a touchdown, That one of those two. So you add that together with all the one- and two-yard runs – Right. Which, I mean, he could score 20 t- – I mean, he could score 25 touchdowns in 17 games. It's also a question aimed more toward the kicking situation as well. Right. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and think so about what was this. the final answer? Who was who was what on I this? said not crazy. I said not crazy. I said it was a little crazy. A little crazy. And, hey, I'm just wait, thinking wait, about – Wait, wait, Amy. A few – I thought we weren't arguing. We're not arguing. I would never argue with the you. The rules of this, this is why game you want to listen changed. to Wasn't Titans Radio Five too- Central on Friday, <laughs> way too- from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Wasn't there a season a few years ago when you were on the staff, Coach Mack, when Lindell White ran for fifteen touchdowns? Right, he did. So yes. there's there's case in point right there. But he still didn't lead the team in scoring. No, he See? didn't. No, no. I mean, <laughs> the only the only thing I was saying to you, and you know the massive respect I have for you. Is earlier we told Red he couldn't say little crazy. He can't. I said it's. I, I said it was wrong. I don't remember if that was crazy or not crazy, but I said it was wrong. <laughs> See, this game's getting bogged down now. Final question: <laughs> Red Brian first, then Coach Mack, then Amy. Ryan Tannehill breaks George Blanda's single season touchdown pass record of thirty six. Crazy? Not crazy at all, because he's knocking on the door of that anyway. Not crazy. We're going to see that. Not crazy. I agree with them. He had 33 last year. Yeah. Exactly. So, And he has one more game. One more game and a lot more people. All right, so as we wrap up this edition of the OTP, let's go to the birthday boy to talk about what goes on next. What is this week like for the Titans leading into Friday night's preseason game in Atlanta? And again, in all seriousness, Titans radio on the air Amy Wells, Rhett Bryan, Coach Mack, Titans Countdown, 5 p.m. Central on Friday. 
First of all, they won't game plan this game. Okay. Let's get that out, out of the way. They won't game plan this game, so they really won't start working. They won't work hardly on anything Atlanta-based, you know, leading leading up to this. The thing that the coaches will start to do and uh, John Robinson's personnel staff, they will start to look at the roster and see who they're going to play and how much they are going to play them. That is the big decisions that coaching staffs make for the first preseason game. You have to have a plan. Each individual position coach will be asked, give me your rotation. Give me your rotation with these people, not from your roster, with these people that will be available. That's what's going on right now. Will Arthur Smith, who was part of our family for a decade, will he play this one a little more differently because, A, it's his first game, B, it's at home, and C, it's against his former family? Yes, he will. <laughs> yes, he will. For you know, For this reason, he's a first-time head coach. And from whatever you say, and knowing what went on down there, I mean, he wants to he he would like to have some success because even though it's a preseason game, as a, I've been a first time head coach, went undefeated in a preseason once. That doesn't mean you're going to do anything, but it validates a little bit to your team that you've taken over that we've got some good things going on. Not that he's going to game plan this. Sure, but he doesn't have to. He kind of knows what's going on here so my answer to that's yes so he'll set a tone he'll set a tone and will the titans play it a little differently in your mind knowing that arthur probably will be using it a little differently than most teams would well they'll they'll go into look mike Vrabel has his team ready to play no matter what because here's 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 something that travels in the national football league physical toughness so regardless of who's out there this is going to be a physical game from the titans aspect of it they will not game plan it but when you put that aspect on it, believe me, Mike Vrabel will tell this football team, whoever is going to be playing, you're going to play Titans football out here. We may not be game planning this. We may not, not be getting ready to play exactly the Atlanta football team, but you are going to play our brand of football out there. So that's the mindset they will go into. Nobody's going to game plan this. Arthur won't game plan it. So to me, Mike Vrabel's football teams are always going to carry a, a – nasty edge into a game regardless of preseason or regular season amy wells you're in line at kroger you're in the checkout line you're trying to move through and somebody asks you tell me something about training camp so far that i don't know that i need to know that you know because you're there and i'm not there what do you tell them this team's ready to go i would answer get ready to see darrington evans seriously contribute to this offense I would say just keep your powder dry because what you're going to see is not everything that's going to be out there, but you are going to see, as Rhett said and as, as, as Amy said, there are some younger players that will get a lot of time in this game that you're going to see during the regular season. I would say circle number 88, Marcus Johnson on offense, 6-1-2-0-7, fifth-year wide receiver from Texas. He has been one of the most intriguing players in practice can he carry it over? Is he just practice field Joe, or is he somebody that can carry it over? And I would also say circle 91, Laurel Murchison, 6'2", 297, second-year man, NC State, and number 93, Tier Tart, 6'2", 304, second-year man, Florida International. Watch those two players in the defensive line to see if they can carry it over. And then I would get my groceries double-sacked. <laughs> Always? No, but oh. because, I gave, heavy because I gave such good information. Do you have any coupons to turn Do out? I have any coupon? Do you have your Kroger Plus card, Mr. Keith? Always. 
Always. <laughs> well, and if you don't, you can always put in your phone number as the alternate ID. That's exactly right. And if you have the app, working you can load... in the sponsors. Oh, and if you have the app, you can work sponsor. in the digital coupons and save even more. Crazy? No, oh that's God. something that you need to this do. This podcast has been crazy. It has been. Do you did you like the game? Amy hates games. I hate games, and so part of why you were so happy is because we were playing a game. And I recognize well, Coach Mac that. loves games. That's why I, I asked too. him no. to be on. I love him. No, because I worked so hard the last few nights putting these questions. These were good questions. They were good questions. It was a good. They were game. legitimate. You had to think about it. I'm glad we could do this for Mac's birthday. I think that was important having a game, but I do also want to mention on the subject of Mac's birthday that to the OT people who have heard like a subtle buzz through the entirety of this podcast and think oh gosh is my air conditioner going out is there something wrong with my car is this treadmill malfunctioning no coach Mac has been blowing up for the entirety of this podcast because it's his birthday and everyone in America is telling him about it it's the craziest thing I've ever seen yes like this is bananas so no all of your machinery is functioning just fine no problems there it's coach Mac's birthday and it's a whole event he is getting more messages than Beyonce Jay-Z and Rihanna combined it's the craziest we're going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Friday. Is Kanye West still living there? Are we going to see Kanye West? Oh, that's Does right, he still he's living there? He's right? living there. That's oh, what has been reported. I'm oh, making so. a phone call. I have a friend that works for the Falcons. I'm going to call her and see what's going on. Because as of like a week ago, my man was still in there. He was still wow. in there the other night. He did a second concert. And I want to find him. I want to be friends with him. <laughs> but what we know is Ed Sheeran's a Titans fan. Ed Sheeran's a Titans Ed fan. Sheeran. And I think we could get Kanye. Bring I want to say for Bring the for the OT people listening to this. Oh, here we go. That has a manifesto. Su- no, just super excited for Friday night, 5 Central, 6 Eastern, Titans Countdown presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans for one Amy Wells. She will co-host Titans Countdown with yours truly. I'm looking so forward to having her as a bigger role and a bigger teammate on air for this thing. She will still bring us excellent sideline reports when we go to in-game presentation, but she will be a big part of everything you hear going forward in this, and I'm super excited for her. That was so nice, Rhett. I'm going to feel bad if Kanye and I become friends and I'm not even there. Well, I mean, I can handle it. It's okay. And then I'll just, I'll I'll find my way. I'll find my way on the next OTP to dog you for doing that. (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. That was very nice, Rhett. Let me me third that, not second it, because Mike seconded it. Well deserved. Well, thanks, guys. Coach Mac, happy birthday, and thanks for taking some of your birthday to join us on the OTP. One of the best birthdays I've ever had. Oh wow! Just, and plus, I got to play crazy. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Crazy? <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the head movement that you can't see and the inflection. Uh-huh. Oh god! For Amy Wells, Rhett Bride, and Coach Dave McGinnis, Mike Keith, thanks you for not being crazy. And for listening to the OTP. I'm crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> Welcome to the big show where the legends go. Everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee. Making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.